Hey friend, welcome to Pursuing Goals God's Way. I am so excited that you are hanging out with me today because we're going to talk about all things legal. Here's the thing. When you get started online as a business owner, you have so many questions, right? The legal mumble jumbo leaves you wondering if you should actually do this thing or not. I know it was like that for me when I got started back in 2019, I guess it was. Uh, you know, questions like, when should I register my business? Do I need a contract if I'm providing a service? What's the difference between a trademark and a copyright? And how do I know if I need either? What do I do if someone is copying my work? And the list goes on. Well, I've done many of these things, but I am not a lawyer. So I am not really able to give legal advice. But because of this, I sought out someone who could. My guest today is an expert in law and is going to answer all these juicy questions. Andrea Sager is the author and the CEO and founder of Legalpreneur, a legal tech startup that focuses on offering affordable legal services to businesses of all sizes. While working at a corporate firm, Andrea noticed a gap in the legal industry. No one was catering to the small, innovative startup brands dominating her social media feeds. As a serial entrepreneur, she knew firsthand the importance of building a business with a solid legal foundation. However, she also knew that many new businesses simply did not have the funds. That realization led to the development of Legalpreneur because legal services should be accessible to everyone. In addition to running her company, Andrea is a mom of two in Houston and is passionate about all things health, wellness, poker, and business. This episode is jam-packed with insight and information, so get those notebooks and pens ready so you don't miss a thing. Also, one more thing before we get started. I have linked arms with Andrea to bring you a free training called Three Steps to Legally Protect Your Coaching Business, and this is exclusive for my community only. I feel I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't show you how you can easily and legally start your online business so that you can gain freedoms for whatever it is that you enjoy spending time doing and so that you can turn that passion and purpose into impact and income, all for the glory of God. So mark your calendar for Wednesday, May 24th at 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time for the training where we'll get even deeper into topics from today and have a live Q&A session at the end where you can ask all your juicy legal questions. You can register at bit.ly forward slash Gabe Legal. So again, that's bit dot ly forward slash Gabe legal. And I will leave a link in the show notes. Here's what we'll work through together. What legal structure should you choose for your online business and how should you register? What contracts and agreements should you have in place with your clients to protect your business and ensure payment? Do you need additional insurance in place? How can you protect your clients, confidential information and your intellectual property and so much more. So again, you can register at bit.ly forward slash Gabe legal. I'll leave the link in the show notes, but I want to see you there. We will have a replay for those who register, and then this will become a part of my student community. And so this is your one chance to come on in, get those questions answered, and you will hear so much today, and I'm sure you will have some more questions. So let's dive in with Andrea and talk all things legal. Hey friend, welcome to Pursuing Goals God's Way. Have you thought about finally starting that business now that your kids are older? Do you ever stay awake wondering how to mesh your passions into purposeful work? Do you have big, ambitious goals but feel overwhelmed or even unqualified to pursue them? Hey, I'm Gabe. Not too long ago, I longed for the confidence to start an online business. I just wanted to make a difference outside my home bubble using my gifts. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't good enough. I didn't know enough and I didn't have enough time. 
until I realized something huge. My kids need me to be their example and they need to see me win. And yours do too. In this podcast, you will learn how to clarify your goals, plan with purpose, and ditch your distractions. If you're ready to make an impact and an income, all for the glory of God, then you're in the right place. As an avid runner, I believe life is one massive marathon. It's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. So lace up those running shoes, pop in your earbuds, and let's do this thing. Hi, Andrea. Thanks so much for hopping on Pursuing Goals God's Way with me. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to dive into all things legal because I am not anywhere near (laughs) a lawyer, so I cannot touch on this too much. So I love having someone on here who can speak to it. I've listened to you on the Legal Entrepreneur Podcast for a while and really love your training and your teaching. Um, Now, I have already shared your professional bio, but I love to get my show started by having guests share something unique about them. So what's something that we can learn about you before we dive in? Uh, I like to think I have a lot of unique things about me. I actually went to college on a bowling scholarship and I have a national championship. I was in the army. I also like to play poker a lot. And yeah, there's a lot of random stuff about me that people don't know. (laughs) That's so fun. And actually, that's the one thing I was like, I need to make sure we talk about bowling because um, as you are talking about it, and I know that... um, uh, Kayla, one of your mm-hmm. co-workers also is into bowling and things. And my dad was super good at bowling and oh he actually gosh. almost went professional way back when. That's awesome. And he ended up not doing it, but yeah. And so I grew up with bowling, but I did not get the genes. I am not a good <laughs> bowler. I do get a Turkey here and there, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's not in my genetics, but it's so fun. So when I listen to you talk about it, my dad used to talk about it all the time. Oh, I don't bowl at all anymore. I actually don't even enjoy it really anymore. But Kayla, so she's, we met in college and she's my real life best. I always tell you, she's actually my real life best friend. Not just like we work together, but she actually is a professional bowler. She bowls on tour and she's actually getting ready to go to the first tournament for the summer in a couple of weeks. So yeah, always cheering her on. That's exciting. Well, we'll cheer her on too. So awesome. Well, I would love to uh, talk a little bit about your story too, because I know that you moved Mm -hmm. kind of from a big law from outside of college. You went into a kind of big law firm and then decided, I really like working with small business and you became kind of a small business attorney and now are an entrepreneur helping others. So can you tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about that journey and what made you transition? Yeah. So I had my first started my first business in law school, which was a women's clothing boutique. So I kind of had a network of small businesses, other small business owners. And my dream job was always working at a big firm, working my way up and being partner that like, that was the dream. And once I got the job, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is it. I'm set for life. I never have to worry about money again. Like so many crazy things. And when I started, I remember the first week I, it hit me all of a sudden. And I was just like, oh my gosh, they have been like these partners walking up and down these hallways in these three piece suits. They've been here since they were my age. And from that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I I, I can't, I, I, I can't, I literally felt suffocated. And at the same time, I had other, those small business owners constantly coming to me at the firm, asking for help with this or that. And the firm didn't want to help them. And looking back now, of course, like that just wasn't who they serve. And I mean, they're, their clients were Abercrombie and Fitch, Kroger, a ton, like big corporations. And 
I just had this flow of small businesses that needed help. And I realized, okay, somebody has to go help them. So why not me? And I was planning on launching my own firm because I was just not happy. And then I, (laughs) funny enough, I mean, I was... I was married at the time. My husband, my ex-husband now, he was staying home with our son and he wasn't supportive and just didn't see the vision of my firm. So I don't think I could have actually ever quit, but I always tell people that I manifested getting fired because I I knew I had to get a severance if I got fired because I'm like five minorities rolled into one. And so I was just kind of like hanging on, hanging on. And I couldn't exactly quit because my ex-husband would not be okay with that. So finally, one day they walked into my office and I was like, this is it. It's finally happening. And it took everything in me not to have a smile, but that severance package and we had enough savings at the time. We were already planning to move to Houston. So we were in Cincinnati, Ohio at the time. And I would, my family's in Houston. So we were planning on moving finally made the move and launched my own firm. And I launched my firm the night I got fired, which was almost just over five years ago to the day, April 30th, 2018. And I am not going to say it's been all uphill, definitely a roller coaster ride, but we have seen so much happen in five years and it's been an honor and a privilege to be able to truly serve small businesses the way that I've been able to, because it really is my passion. And back in 2017, when I was at the firm, this was when the retail apocalypse was really big. It was all in the news. That's all anybody was talking about. Like, oh, all these big box stores are shutting down. Malls are shutting down. And I saw a completely different story because in the news, it was like retail is dying. Nobody's shopping anymore. I'm like, no, people are shopping. They're just not shopping with big box stores because I was a boutique owner and I knew tons of boutique owners and they were all booming. We were thriving. And so I knew, okay, this is it. Like this is the rise of the small business owner. And so I knew deep down that there was going to be plenty of business. And really, I just had to get fired to be able to launch my own firm. But that's kind of how it happened. Oh, that's so funny. And I love that you say that small business was still thriving because it is interesting to me that there was such a scare in those times, but also Um, I prefer to work with small businesses when Mm -hmm. I can, because I love helping out the small business owner. And I love that you decided that's what I want to do. That's what's going to be a passion for me. And with Mm -hmm. um, pursuing goals God's way, that's what we do is we turn our passion and purpose into impact and income. So it's like, let's make our work enjoyable, right? And so one thing I'm interested in, in your story is when you decided to take this leap, well, one, you were kind of forced into it, but when you decided to take this leap, Um, you already kind of had the legal backing, you know, all the things, Mm -hmm. but what was the scariest part for you in this transition? There's got to have been something. So I actually didn't know because I was in the firm that I was working at. I was in the litigation group and I knew that I wanted to work with small businesses doing everything that I'm doing now, but I didn't know how to do it. I spent, I knew I was eventually going to quit or I I mean, I wanted to quit. So the last month I was there, I literally just taught myself everything there was to know about trademarks. I would like, I would work, but then I would also just like, okay, trademarks, how do I do this? How do I do that? How about, you know, just all the small business stuff. I was teaching myself how to do it. So the scariest part was 
going out on my own and still not knowing everything. And we never know everything, but of course it, you want to know as much as you can. But I just told myself from an early, from very early on, like I just have to know enough and feel confident and be confident knowing that I'll just figure it out. Like I just have to know enough. And because I had this flow of clients, I'm like, I'll just pay other attorneys or some a mentor to help me. And that's what I did sometimes when I really was just completely lost and so grateful for so many attorneys that did help me along the way. Um, but that was the scariest part. Not really like knowing a little bit, but not knowing a whole lot. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I would say that's probably the same for many entrepreneurs as we start the journey of, especially I work with online businesses, but any small business owner yeah. is um, what's the next step? What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> but also for us that don't have a legal background, we get scared of, am I doing it right? Am I set mm -hmm. up to protect myself and my clients and all the things? And that's what we're talking about today because you do know all that. You've gotten mm -hmm. that covered. And um, for those who are kind of on the brink of going, I want to start, but man, I'm scared because of I don't know if I can deal with all of that. I mm -hmm. feel like you have a simplified way of teaching it. And so I'd love to just dive into um, because I know a lot of people are like, when should I register my business? Should I do mm -hmm. it when I start making money or should I do it before I start? Um, and I know that the mindset behind the approach that you take is really impactful and it helped me to rethink what, how I, how I believed it should be. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I am of the firm belief that you need to be an LLC as soon as possible, which is a limited liability company. and most people start out as a sole proprietor. There's nothing illegal about doing this, but it's all about lowering your risk because the moment you become a business owner, it's very risky. You can be sued for a million more things and we want to lower your risk as much as possible. And what most people don't realize is getting an attorney involved doesn't mean there's something wrong. Like, yes, there are times when you have to get an attorney involved and that's actually when it's too late. So you want to make sure that you're tackling it head on before anything happens. You want to make sure you're set up properly, get all these little pieces in place to avoid any of those legal issues down the road. And when you put the proactive protection in place, you're spending less money and eventually you can bring in passive income from that protection. Mm, that makes sense. And I know that um, you've shared a story before on why that's important. Um, mm -hmm. Like if I were to start my business today and then, uh, you know, start my LLC months later, but then somebody comes back to me from the beginning, there's an issue there, right? Yeah. So a lot of people will wait to file the LLC because they hear somewhere down the road, like, Hey, just wait until you're making this much money or wait for this, wait for that. And so you wait but what you don't realize is anything that happened before you were an LLC, you can still be sued for personally. So the whole point of an LLC is limiting your personal liability. And that means if anything were to happen in your business, they can't come after you personally. But even if you're an LLC at the time of the lawsuit, if you were an LLC, if you scratch that, <laughs> if whatever happened, happened before you were an LLC, you don't get the LLC protection. So you have to make sure you're an LLC as soon as possible because you don't know 
all the reasons you could get sued. You don't know when you're doing something wrong. And that's so many times people come to me, they get a cease and desist letter, they're getting sued. They're like, I didn't even know that this was a thing. I didn't even know I could get in trouble for this. And that's exactly why you need the LLC because you don't know. And even if you're sitting there thinking like, oh, I know I'm not going to do this wrong. or We're not doing things maliciously. We're not doing things on purpose to get in trouble. It's because you don't know what you don't know. And it's impossible to know everything. So that LLC is there to protect you. Okay. That makes sense because otherwise I'm a sole proprietor no matter what until I Mm -hmm. register in something else into an LLC. And that means that my personal assets are not protected. Correct. Okay. Perfect. So I would love to talk a little bit about insurance too. Um, Now, a lot of my uh, listeners are starting online businesses. They're most likely going into some type of a service like coaching. I talk a lot mm-hmm. about how to start a coaching business. Um, do we need extra insurance outside of the LLC when we get started? Is that something that would be beneficial? I do always suggest insurance as well. Again, this is a you know two, three, four hundred dollars for the whole year, and that's going to protect you even more when something happens. So. Let's say you're an LLC. And one of the most common ways I get I get clients that have a cease and, that they receive a cease and desist letter, it's for a photo they posted on their website or on Instagram or somewhere online that they didn't have permission to use. So if you're listening, don't download a photo from Google or Pinterest or somewhere and post it. Like that's 100% copyright infringement unless you have a license. And I don't want to get into too many details, but we'll leave it there. And so let's say you're an LLC. Great. So if they want to sue you, they can't sue you personally because you were an LLC at the time you posted that photo. However, they can still sue the business. And that means you're still having to pay money and having to probably pay an attorney to take care of it. The insurance typically kicks in to protect you against that. So the insurance will kick in. They'll end up paying for your defense. They'll pay the attorney. They'll pay whatever damages you have to pay. So even though you're not getting sued personally, you're still having to pay attorney fees. You're still having to possibly pay damages. And so you have the insurance to pay that for you. Okay. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So also on that note, we talk a lot about contracts. So Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about if I'm providing a service, why is it important for me to have a contract? And so twofold, is it okay if I just create my own, like write up my own? Am I I lawyer enough to do that? (laughs) So number one, you always want to use a written contract. And the whole reason is to just really be on the same page with whoever you're doing business with. And it's number, it also looks more professional. For my personal purposes, if I'm hiring someone to do something, whether it's personally or in the business, if they don't send me a contract, I'm questioning their professionalism now. It's like, hey, are they actually a business owner or are they just trying this thing on the side? Am I their guinea pig? I don't want to pay to be somebody's guinea pig. So using a contract really looks professional. And it's a I tell people it's a mindset shift because it's a lot of times when you're getting started, you really are just trying this thing out. You're trying to see if it's going to work, but make that shift to you're not trying, you're doing, you are a business owner and this is how business owners operate. Now, can you create your own contract? Yes, absolutely. Everything is, you can do all this stuff on your own. 
However, what's the quality going to be like? So I always tell people your best bet when you're just getting started is to use contract templates. As long as you have a reliable contract templates, that is all you need to get started. And that's why we created our contract vault. It's at thecontractvault.com. We have all of our contract templates and we sort them by bundle. So whatever your niche is, if you're a coach, we have your terms and conditions, your privacy policy. Those go on every website, no matter what. All of our bundles have both of those. And then coaching specific contracts, like a coaching agreement, a course agreement. So anytime money is changing hands, you always want to use a written agreement. And our bundles have every template that you need. And Yes, you can go to Google and search in and find a free template. What is the quality of that? I personally do not know because there's a million different ones out there. I can only speak to the contract vault uh, templates, but yeah. Yeah, totally. I'll leave a link to the contract vault in the show notes for sure. And that's one thing when I got started, I did buy templates and I'm grateful I did, uh, but they were quite expensive. I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, I wish I knew you when I got started because yours are very reasonable for those who are getting started. And that's something I appreciate about the business that you run and probably is because you work with small business owners, you know what their budget is in the beginning. Yeah. So great. Um, So contracts, yes, we should have them. I also, I think it's also a protection for the client just as much as it is for us that we just have our set agreement and we know the expectations that each of us have of each other. And that's a really great way to start off our coaching relationship. Um, Exactly. Yeah, you can. And because a lot of times questions come up and sometimes clients are afraid to ask and Contracts also contain like what's included, what's not included. So if you're doing a coaching program and I I mean, anytime anybody buys something, we get emails all the time like, oh, I thought this was included. This was included. No, we have exactly what's included. And there's the contract that you agreed to. So it's really just saying it's really not that you ever want to mislead anybody because that's not what we do at all. But hey if somebody has a question, it's like, you agreed to this contract. This is what's in the contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it kind of helps hold us both accountable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. So I know I want to talk a little bit about trademarks and copywriting, but the main question I want to answer with it is what do I do if someone is copying my work? So if we are um, finding someone online that actually is doing something the same and you're like, mm, I feel like they copied it. Like, what do we do with that? Yeah. So if it's If they're copying your work, then it's probably copyright infringement. In order to be, in order to have something protected with a copyright, it has to be unique and original work. So this can be photos, videos, blog posts, your website copy, your eBooks, your any long form captions on social media, any creative content. It's usually protected with a copyright. And the thing about copyrights is it's automatically protected the moment the work is created. You don't have to have a federal registration. Now, what happens when somebody's copying? A, you want to make sure that it actually is something that can be protected with a copyright and that it's not something that's too generic that's not actually protectable because ideas cannot be protected. If somebody creates an ebook for how to do ABC and somebody else has an ebook for how to do ABC, but the content inside is completely different, even though it's the idea is still ABC, that's probably not infringement. However, if the inside is 
word for word the same. Maybe they, out of a thousand words, they change up two words. That's probably still copyright infringement. So you have to make sure that it is something that is protected and then that it is copyright infringement. Now, I take people through a few steps when somebody's copying their work. A is you can reach out yourself. You don't have to, but you can. Most of the time, people don't know. They don't realize that it's copyright infringement, which if they're copying your stuff, they should, or they should know like, hey, this isn't right. But the whole photo thing, that's the big one. People think, oh, it's a free photo on Google. I can just download it and use it. Not true. So you can reach out. I tell people it really is a teaching moment because the next step is possibly sending a takedown request. So these takedown requests, they're there on every online platform. You can Google Instagram, take, copyright takedown, TikTok, copyright takedown, any online platform, just Google copyright takedown and a reporting form will come up. Fill that out and they will actually remove the content within a couple of days. We do this for a ton of clients. Now, for whatever reason, if it doesn't get taken down or if they repost it, then you may want to send a cease and desist letter. So a cease and desist letter, that's going to go come from an attorney. It's going to cost you money. And then the next last resort is going to be filing a lawsuit. So if it's against, you know, a big box store, then of course I would skip. I mean, if you reach out, they're probably going to ignore you anyway. A takedown, it will work, but if it's a bigger company, it may be worth it to send a cease and desist letter or to actually sue because there could be money that you're entitled to. Regardless, if somebody's stealing your stuff, it's copyright infringement and you are entitled to damages. But if they don't, if it looks like they're not making any money, then there's probably no use. So that's why you really just need to be strategic about what's the end goal. Do you just want it removed from the internet or if it's a bigger company, do you want a payment from them? Okay, that makes sense. And I know that you could probably go way more into detail about yeah. that and <laughs> trademarks and copyrights. I know we don't have the time to do that today, but I do want to mention, like I said in the beginning, that we are doing a live training next week yeah. on May 24th, 12.30 Mountain Time, uh, 2.30 Eastern Time. So make sure to get registered. You can register at bit.ly so bit.ly forward slash Gabe legal and we will get you into the training now this is just special for my community this is where you can get answers to all your questions so if you were listening today and you're like oh I want to know more about contracts oh I want to know more about insurance well then come join us and you can ask Andrea personally your questions and she will go a little bit deeper so make sure to do that it is bit.ly forward slash Gabe legal and I will leave a link in the show notes so as we are wrapping up today, I have more questions too. So I'm bringing them to the training as well. <laughs> but um, I would love to hear just what was one of your biggest lessons that you've learned throughout your own ent entrepreneurial journey? Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> and especially going through my divorce, that is where really I just started to learn so much more. But I think the biggest lesson is the more work you do on yourself, the more successful you'll be all around. So uh, that really is like the biggest lesson is just keep doing the work, keep working on you, keep healing and everything will be better. Hmm, I love that. And I, yeah, that's something I've learned too, because 
a lot of times I, you know, you, something happens, you stall and want to give up and it's like, no, just keep doing mm-hmm. it. And I feel like I am always growing, always growing yeah. and learning, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I've had so many days where I just wanted to get up and walk away. Cause I play a lot of poker and so many times I'm like, I could just get up and walk away and just be a poker dealer and make a living that way. And I'm, it's, I know that I would never do that, but those thoughts have come up. But at the end of the day, if it's on your heart, like this mission, this goal that you have, if it's on your heart, it's there for a reason. And I like to think that our desires, our goals, they're safe guidance for what we're meant to be doing. Mm, for sure. They so are. And I would call that your calling, right? And yep. so, um, and I love that you talk about poker. Our, our, this is kind of an um, honesty moment. Our family, my like immediate family, my five people in my family, we like to play poker together. Now we don't really gamble and we don't like put money on it, but it's super fun. We both yeah. spend our Friday <laughs> night playing, but I am one who does give up. I do really well in the beginning, but then I get bored and I'm like, I'm just going to go in no matter what, you know, and I just, yeah. And then, yeah. So I'm not one who's very strategic in there, but that's just a side note anyway. <laughs> um, so one if you could give uh, my listeners one piece of advice about getting started with their online business, if they are on the fence, um, what would that be? Just do it. And the thing is, you don't have to go all in. And I, what I mean by that, because at the beginning I said, don't just try to like do like make that shift from you are a business owner, but you can be a business owner on the side of what you're doing. You can do both. And really, I say straddle the line until you build it up enough in the business to where you don't need that income. You don't need the say, quote unquote, safe W-2 job or whatever you're doing, but you can do both and don't feel like, oh, I have to quit this job and go all in with this. No, there are things that you can be doing now, even if you feel like, oh, I eventually I have to be full time. Like You probably don't want to have that W-2 job or that other job anymore but you have to get started. I actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was in LA at an event for Lewis Howes and this guy I was, I was talking to, he was like, Oh, I have this crazy idea. And da, da, da. And when people tell me they have crazy ideas, I'm like, I I'm all about the crazy ideas. So you may think it's crazy. And I'm just like, that's just another day of my life. But he was like, I can't do it for another two years because I have to do this and do that. And basically he wanted to start like a foundation that funded or housed kids after school and provided them all these different programs, but they would have to like have their own buildings and things like that. And he wanted to get all these donors. And I'm like, and he's like, but I can't even start it for two years. Cause I have to do this in my, in my W2 job and pay off my house and do this. And I literally was like, guy, you maybe cannot go all in for two years before you have these goals, but there's so much you can and should be doing now. Why don't you have a website up already? Why don't you, why aren't you already talking to donors? Cause the last thing you want to happen is not start until two years from now where you literally have to start from scratch. You have nothing built, but you can literally start like there's things you can do today to help prepare you to go all in in two years because talking to donors that's going to take two years to get all that money that you need. And he's like, Oh my gosh, you're so right. I've never thought about it like that. So no matter what you're thinking about doing, like there's something you can do today to start. For sure. For sure. And that was perfect because uh, my audience is a lot of moms who can't just give up what they do. The role is so big. And so they're scared of 
starting something too and having to go all in. And that's one one myth I like to break is you don't have to go all in and sacrifice mm-hmm. everything. You can take baby steps. Exactly. Um, and so your goals and expectations might have to change. Like you have to shift it to what capacity you have, but why not do it? Yeah. So that's such a good story. Um, now, I know we're going to be hanging out live again uh, next week on May 24th. But I know listeners are going to want to connect with you too. I know you have the Legalpreneur podcast where I connected with you first. That's how I found you. I know you're taking a little hiatus from there, but there still is a wealth of information over there. So definitely go check it out. Almost 300 episodes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So all things legal. Um, So go do that. But where else can they connect with you now? Yeah. I love TikTok and Instagram at the Legalpreneur. And I absolutely love both platforms. More Instagram is more the personal side at Andrea Sager Law, but at the Legalpreneur on TikTok and Instagram is still all things legal. And really where I get, um, I just answer a lot of listener questions or audience questions. So if you have easy questions, feel free to drop them there. I love it. Well, Andrea, this has been so fun. Thank you for taking your time out of your day to come help us understand the legal side of starting a business. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. If you resonate with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or share it with a friend as this helps grow the podcast. Also, if you're not a part of Simplicity and Motherhood, consider joining us. It's a free online community built to provide support and encouragement so you can create balance and live intentionally as you go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to redhotmindset.com for more resources and to find the link to join the community. In all things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you.